Every year I, send, I tend to, at the annual general meeting, just go over Jericho Road um, in terms of what does Jericho Road stand for, what does it mean. And the parable of the Good Samaritan is part of maybe a foundation doc- document for Jericho Road in Luke chapter 10. And I'm just going to outline some things this morning as part of that, uh, a, re- a reminder to us of who we are, uh, what we strive to be. It's not complicated at all. I mean, ultimately, a church is a place where heaven is meant to touch earth, where God is experienced and people become faith-filled because everything they didn't imagine could be true, they discover to be coming true in the community of people who are also learning that Jesus is Lord and real. And what does that all mean? That's the point of the church. Uh, How to be a community Monday to Sunday. How to be friends. How to grow in worship. How to grow in hearing God how to be allowed to be a person who's on a journey from very brokenness to restoration. And for some that is quick, for some that is slow, depending on where they've come from, what's gone into their lives thus far. It should be the safest place on earth. It should be this place where um, you never rejected. You might be challenged, but you never rejected. There's always room for you. There's always an, an opportunity to try again. There's always an opportunity to start again. Uh, it's, it's just a place where people can learn how the Spirit of God works together because we need one another for that journey. We don't have it all under wraps. And Jesus is in... Um, let me look at this uh, parable of the Good Samaritan for a minute. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up and, and to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? It's very important, those, that, that beginning. What is written in the law and how do you read it? The question was, on one occasion, an expert expert in the law stood up and he was seeking to test Jesus, not to really humbly ask Jesus anything. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Not what must I do to inherit eternal life because I'm actually worried about it. What must I do to inherit eternal life because I want to see if you give me the answer that I know is right. We never do that, do we? We just test each other and see if you've got the right answer. The right answer is the one that I have. And so Jesus says, how do you read it? And he answered, I love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And very often, even today, you will hear that. There will be a, a question, you know, what's, what's the great commandment? And said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Those are the great commandments. And it's, it's not. The law of the Old Testament is that. The legal expert in the law of the Old Testament is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It was very clear through the Old Testament and by uh, the revelation of Jesus that we couldn't do it. So for Jesus to come back and say, well, keep on trying to do something you can't do would be futile. And so when he's speaking to the, the, the when he's answering the question, he's answering a legal question with a legal answer. He's answering a question within the paradigm. The the man is answering his own question within his own paradigm. Are you following me? In other words, within his legal mindset, he's giving the legal answer, but it's Old Testament. Jesus is the kingdom of God on earth. He's bringing revelation, and he's bringing revelation to say, you've answered correctly within your own paradigm, but I've actually come to release something greater. The law he's going to say is, love one another as I have loved you. And so he begins the story of the Good Samaritan because he's breaking open. See, the man's asking him, who should I love? Who shouldn't I love? Who can I, what can I get away with? 
And when we approach God with that kind of mentality, what can I get away with? How much can I keep? How much do, you, how much do I need to serve you? How much do you really need of me? And he says everything. And you go, well, I want some for myself. And he said, if you want some for yourself, you haven't got it yet. If you want some for yourself, you're still thinking that I'm not trustworthy with the whole of you. If, you want something to, if you're keeping something back for yourself, you're still thinking that I'm actually going to be a killjoy in your life. And so most of our lives are learning how to trust God. And you, you know, I mean, it's easy to trust God in, in your head or theoretically. It's life that brings up the challenges. It's life that brings up, oh, I thought I, I, thought I was a little further along than this. Have you ever had that experience? I thought I was a little further along. I just love everybody. And then tomorrow something happens. You go, I get so sick of that person. You, you, you don't have that experience. And you suddenly say, well, I thought I was so full of love, but I, I'm, I'm so frustrated. Now, you don't have to like everyone. That's the, that's the loophole. You, but you have to lo- love, and love is the action. If you try and follow God based on feelings, you'll never, 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 never succeed. Love is an action. Love is a demand. Love is not a feeling. The feeling will come. The action is absolute. Do what you know to be loving. I don't want to. I didn't ask you that. I didn't want to go to the cross for you. It never felt like going to the cross for you. You're the last person I would die for. And I certainly wouldn't have nails put in me for you. You can play that game and see how far it goes. And he just says, but I did it because you needed it. Well, they don't even appreciate me. You didn't appreciate me. For a long time you didn't appreciate me. You just said Jesus Christ when you stubbed your toe. I wasn't even on your radar screen. I got blamed, absolutely. Why does God allow this to happen to me? You didn't ask me for anything. You blame me for everything and you don't ask me for anything. This is a very weird relationship. But I loved you from the beginning, so I hung in there for you. And you weren't always desirable. So Jesus wants to give us revelation of his love. So let me springboard off that into uh, the the, the qualities of Jericho Road that we're we're trying to hold up in some kind of tension uh, in this church, very imperfectly. But, you know, if you don't set a target, you never get there. At least you're trying. So Jericho, I always just use the the name, uh, J, is all about John. It's a joke. J is for joke. It's about Jesus. Jericho, it's a journey with Jesus. And Jesus is everything. Everything is around Jesus. The revelation of God being love is rooted in Jesus. The revelation that there's a saviour, there's somebody who rescues us from ourselves and, and our sin, our separation from God is Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. There is nothing hinged to God that doesn't include Jesus, doesn't demand us to go through Jesus. Jesus is on the lips of everything that happens in this church. He has to be. Lots of people will take Jesus out of the vocabulary and talk about God, talking about a power, talking about a creator. Jesus is God. And Jesus came into this world that we might have a revelation of a loving God, a kind God, a very compassionate God, a passionate God. Everything is about Jesus. So our language, everything, what would Jesus do? How does Jesus feel? What is Jesus saying? Is deliberate, it's intentional, it's essential. Jesus is the foundation, Jesus is the goal, Jesus is the substance. You got it? Jesus. Jesus is it. We live and die for Jesus. What is Jesus saying here? How is Jesus speaking to us? What is Jesus showing to us? 
And through Jesus we know the Father. And so from the Father we get life. And from the Father we also get the Holy Spirit, which is part of this name in a minute. But geez, I'm not going to spend long on this because we've got lots to do this morning. I, I'll probably deny that by the way. But Jesus is everything. And so we want everyone to have a living relationship with Jesus, to know and experience him. One of the reasons why at the, we have testimonies every week. We would have testimonies... And some of them are good, some of them are so-so. That's okay, because what our testimony is that people matter. And we're expecting people to have revelation and encounter with Jesus. And we're expecting and learning and teaching each other that it is good for us to talk about what Jesus does among us. And what is, what is I might think is nothing, might be absolutely huge for you. And we need to hear that, because other people will have those things as well. And very often we will minimize our stuff and we'll say, oh, well, it's nothing really. Well, you rob God of the glory. You know, you could have, got, you could have walked down the street and found $10 and it could have been just as powerful for you as Amy's 1500 It doesn't matter. The point is that I'm aware, I'm learning how God is faithful and how God is good and it's all because of Jesus. And that's why I stand up here very often and say, you know, Jesus loves you, he adores you, he actually thinks you're nice. When you walk in the room, his face lights up. And just because you really messed up last night, he actually doesn't look at you any differently this morning. And we try and speak out those words over one another because we're learning that his love is unconditional. It's not like us, he's much nicer than us. So Jesus is everything. And we're wanting to build a community where we're saying, so what is Jesus saying to you? We don't want to be a religious community that says we don't ask embarrassing questions. I don't like talking about Jesus. Well, that's as bizarre as you talking to me about my wife and I never talk about Cheryl. I say, I don't talk about her. You would say, there's something wrong. And so we want to build a community of confidence where, yes, I talk about Jesus. I know that he loves me. I know that he's real. I know that he's here. And we're learning how to know that reality. We want to be a people that when strangers come in here, they're hungry for Jesus. I want to know that. And we want to build a community of people where you can have, anybody can have coffee with anybody else and learn about Jesus. And this is, or, or question, you know, you talk about Jesus, but I don't understand him. What, how do you get there? And you don't have to make an appointment for him to come and see an elder or me. You can do it. Because your testimony about Jesus is just as valid. So we want to be, a, a Jericho Road is about a people who are in love with Jesus and are, are, who begin, are growing to know Jesus. You can lead people to God with very little you just share your story, but you don't root it in your experience. You just share your story about where you are thus far. You, don't, you know, it's very powerful to have a testimony or share with somebody who so says, this is where I am now, this is what I'm hoping to come, but this is where I'm learning. Everyone has testimony. Every, every single person here has the testimony. Every single one of you I could interview right now about, tell me about your relationship with God. You might say, I don't believe. So, well, that's a testimony. How's it going for you? Why don't you believe? What's the struggle? What's the thing? And we could actually step through things all, and everybody would relate. So we're, on, we're people on a journey together but we're all focused on following Jesus. And if we're not focused on following Jesus then we're encouraging us to get focused on following Jesus and to share our struggles, share our doubts, share anything because we want to be authentic. So we want to say wherever you are is okay. Not necessarily okay for you, not necessarily okay for you to stay there but me shouting at you isn't going to change it. So Jesus sets the pace and the direction as much as we can. It's also why we need one another. The, the, I, I could go on on each of these. So I've got to discipline myself. 
E is for embedded. It's been for a number of things over the years. It's been for being embedded and empowered in the world to encounter experience or embrace the love of God. Um, being Im- embedded in the world is, is, is all about us not being living in a Christian cave, that you come into this building and you're somehow escaping from the world and that you live in this little cocoon. So we come into church on Sunday and we should, wear all, we should all wear you know, suits and ties so we can present a nice religious image and then we go through the ritual but we don't actually talk to each other and then we go home. And we have this religious behavior, but nobody would confess to a struggle with anything. Nobody would be able to find room to say, nobody here seems to have any problems. Now, we're not problem-centered. We're just authentic, which means we're a work in progress, which means that I have victories and I have struggles and I have defeats and I have times where I'm just impatient or I have things that... I share with some, but not with everybody. But we, we, we want to be a safe place where it's like a hospital and you're in a ward and everybody's got their issue and their drip feed, but they just have different diseases. It's, it's that we're not shocked by life. We're not shocked by what happens. Uh, we're not shocked when there's a revelation that you have a struggle with something. Because what we know is that God has come that everyone who is broken has hope. So instead of being shocked, we go so... What's it like for you here? Let me actually show the video now, I think. I'll show the video. There's just a video that for me captures the story of the Good Samaritan, captures what I'm trying to say. And maybe this is actually the essence of what I'm trying to say this morning. This is taken from um, a reading of Hosea and Goma where God says, go and, go and marry this woman who's actually a prostitute. That's the love of the Father. And I think that's probably one of the most powerful videos I've seen trying to communicate I think that's what the church should be nobody's allowed to we let too many people walk away too many people walk away because they disqualify themselves because of the guilt of their behavior and we just put blame on them and judgment on them until it's our turn it's a horrible thing to be passed by why God raised the name Jericho Road for me was that I was lying on the side of the road I'm not going through that story, but I, it's not fun lying on the side of the road, even though you deserve it. And you're crying out for somebody to stop, and at the same time you're crying out for nobody to stop because you don't know what you believe. And there are a lot of people who struggle. And the, the story of the Good Samaritan, what is it about? It's about people who said they knew God. They walked by on the other side. People's experience of God in Canada is walking by on the other side. Or what do you do? You, there's a man lying on the side of the road. Um, give him some money. So we'll throw some money in the bag, but he's still lying on the side of the road and he's still hurting and he's still dying. And the Good Samaritan that Jesus talked about, he first of all is not the guy who should have been doing it because he's politically cast out. But the expert of the law is saying, who should I love and who is qualified? And I'm obviously in with God because I'm an expert of the law. And God's going, I couldn't get an expert to do anything, so I got a Samaritan. And what God's really saying is the law cuts and dices people into rules and regulations and then decides who can do what and who can go where and all the rest of it. And God ultimately says, go anywhere and love anyone who has a need. That's it. Nobody is disqualified. And so the Samaritan comes there and... and You see, this is where the church is and this is what we called as a church to be. The Samaritan stops and he bathes his wounds. He gets his hands dirty. Now, for him to stop, he was on a journey. 
Do we understand that when God is calling us to lay down our lives, all of us are on journeys? Because one of the things that we hear most of all from one another in our culture at this time is I don't have time. But we do have time for whatever we want to give time to. We are not victims. We have choices and we have priorities and we have decisions we make about how we use our time. We also have decisions to make about if I say Jesus is Lord and he asks me to do something, it invariably is going to mean I get interrupted. And unless we are willing to be interrupted by the heart of God, we will never go very far with him because we will have so many agendas, we'll have so many things written down in our memos, there will never be time. And so we will end up by default having a theoretical Christianity where we argue language and Bible knowledge but our hearts are closed and we walk by on the other side and we actually can defend it very well. And Jesus says two religious leaders walked by on the other side and the Samaritan stopped and he had his own oil and water and he bathed the wounds. And then he put that, that, that man who is broken and beaten up by robbers, he puts him on his own donkey, he takes him to a bed and breakfast or a hotel and he pays for it out of his own pocket and he says you look up, you know he stays there for the night he goes away and he comes back and says i will come back and we will settle this that's a lot of time and a lot of resources and i think the hallmark of jericho road the, the core of jericho road is about how do we care for people how do we care for people when they are broken when they can't pay for themselves when they actually deserve what they're getting which, by the way, is all of us sometimes, and some of us, we don't deserve what we're getting. Positive, negative. I've given up trying to work that one out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we want to be a people that once you've touched the fringe of Jericho Road, you will be pursued with love, with resources, with grace. And you'll have to slam the door and lock it and say, never visit me again, and we'll still visit you. We'll irritate you to life. Thank you, Bill. You got it. You will irritate you to life, not to death. We will not give up. And I know when I was in despair, the thing that you need is somebody just coming to have coffee with you. You don't have deep talks all the time. You just need contact. Because God's Spirit saws broken people out. So Jesus is about the journey. We're embedded in life. Embedded in the messiness of life. We're not shockable because Jesus is not shockable. So we can go anywhere at any time with anyone and bring hope. And that takes us into the R, which is relationships. I've already talked about it, so we've just done two for one. Uh, the relationship, which is this thing of Christianity has to bear, be, worn, be born witness to through people. It has to meet people through hands and feet. Samaritan, Jesus, God, ever since Adam, God created Eve and Eve was company for Adam because God said, just you and me are not enough. You are a physical human being. You need a physical human being to incarnate the love that I have for you. Anybody who says that they and God, we're just tight, we're the one, you've got issues. You're not being spiritual, you're avoiding something. You actually, community is essential because Jesus loves community. He always brings us into community. And so relationship, working things out in relationship is fundamental to the Christian church and the Christian gospel. The Jericho, the I is for just involvement and identity. Identity is sons and daughters. Identity is uh, as those who have been loved by the Father with a passionate love, who have been found, who have been crowned, and who have been won, at least essentially. There's, we're working that out for the rest of our life. But our identity, I'm a son of the living God. Everything God has 
he's given me access to. I'm very important in his kingdom. Don't mess with me. He really likes me. And he says I can ask him for anything. And he says wherever I go, he will never leave me. And when I speak words out, they will have power and authority because he lives in me. And when I speak healing over people, they will be healed, some of them. And all I'm speaking about is what you can speak about too. Your identity. We want to be a church where people are rising up. What's so cool in this church at the moment is we're rising up. You know, we've got somebody, people doing the women's conference. We've got men going off. We've got David and Megan going to Nanaimo. We've got the second, I am second, is rising up and really, I think, coming into another pace. And people are filled with passion about different things. And we want to just fan that. Because you expect as people come into their inheritance, identity, inheritance, all with I, God begins to say, we need more people because we need, well, there's stuff to do. The religious model is I do it. You pay me and I do it. You make sure I don't ruffle your feathers, you don't ruffle my feathers, and we get on quite well. Right? We come to dinner and we have a few events and a few symbolic things, and then, well, it's not like that, as you know. So, Identity is huge. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing communication. We've, we've talked many times. Communication and relationship is tough stuff. In our leadership this year, we have gone deep. We have a thing called a deep dive, which means the elders and myself and David and a few others have sat around a table and said, so how are we going to lead with integrity and how are you and I going to grow up? And it's been hard. But we've practiced it here and we're actually coming into a season where we're going to see the fruit of that, which is we're not just being labels, we're actually working it out. And communication is about how do we do that with love, with uh, integrity, and with hope. Holy Spirit is essential just like Jesus, the, uh, the, the H of Jericho, the Holy Spirit. Hope in the Holy Spirit. Power to be what we cannot be ourselves. Healing supernaturally is part of our, our, our uh, DNA as well. We are going to pray for the sick until we're dead or Jesus comes. We do not have a theology of suffering where God is teaching you lessons through your suffering. He will use suffering to teach lessons, but we do not have a theology that says you deserve to be sick. You deserve this, you deserve that, you deserve the other. That is nonsense. I am a father of two children. I do not bring bad things upon them so they learn. I love them through the good, the bad and the ugly. And that is the revelation that God desires through his church to the world. So this whole question of the Holy Spirit working with power, healing, supernatural, and the O is for openness, openness to the heavens, openness to one another, that God has given us an open heaven, which means all I have is yours. We read about it in the scriptures, it's about how do we appropriate it. Anyway, that's enough for today. It's about us being a church where people can find Jesus, grow together, have a sense of humor. I would put humor in there somewhere, there is an H for humor. Have a sense of humor. Laugh about yourself. Take yourself not too seriously and very seriously. Get over yourself, you know. And so that's how... What can I do for you? God. I'm talking about trusting God, yes. And, and the dreams and the things. Yeah. And the church. Yeah. Body. Yes. Well, ever since I was a little girl... Can you tell, tell everybody what your name is? Donna. This is Donna. She helps at Bridges quite a lot. Right. Your, okay, we had a paper plate about a month ago where we were going to write our dream on. What's that? Caroline. All right. And somebody picked your plate up, didn't they? Yes. Did somebody? And I thought, you know, God's given me this church and so many friends, um, a gentleman friend, little dogs, chickens. I've got so many blessings in my life. And I thought, well, I wrote, like you said, write your dream. And I threw this little mustard seed of faith out there. Maybe. I, you know, I was 
It was still there. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. Well, believe it or not, after months, Carrie Ann stood up here and said, I've got some of these Oh, right, she did, yes. Yeah. After months of all the people to stand up and talk yeah. about the plague was heard. Mm-hmm. And since then, Carrie, who plays in a band, got a hold of me and Carrie Ann, and I have handed her first piano lesson. Thank you, God. Praise God. That is something that God done for me. I had no idea he was out there doing his thing. But I want you to know that power is there. And just open your heart and trust him. There you go. And I mean, there's an illustration. There's an illustration of the love of the Father for a, a seed that's probably been dormant for a long time. Because we're about the same age, I imagine. So, no, you know, I'm 29 and you're 29. Okay, so you're younger than I am. That's okay. So, so, you know, let's just pray as I finish. Let's let's pray for the dreams that are still unfulfilled. But God used you. You've had enough now. To make it happen. He used me. I know. He used a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You listen to him. I, enough now. <laughs> Let's pray for dreams. Yes. Let's pray for dreams. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for, you know, each person here is adored, like that fil- film we watched where the tears were flowing because the, w- the girl said, nobody could love this. Some of us say that and we just speak death to those lies in the name of Jesus. Of course he could love you. He adores you. He shares your grief when it's all got broken. And maybe you haven't whispered a dream for years. And Father, we just break lies and imprisonment wherever it is, got its claws in the name of Jesus. We break it over one another right now. And as Donna's testified about that dream, because, you know, my testimony was the same as Donna's. I mean, two years ago, three years ago, I spent my whole life saying, I wish I played the piano properly. And then my daughter opened up a place and I went and got online and got a few lessons and now I'm sort of playing it here because I'm in charge, I can do it anyway. But, but the point is that I shared Donna's dream. I know what she's talking about and, and I know that other people have those kind of dreams too where you go, I'm too old. No, you're not. So Father, we just bless the dreams. We bless the cries that are in your heart. We bless them in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you raise up here many, many testimonies of how you have brought to life things that we thought had died. So Holy Spirit, thank you what you're teaching us as a church, how to be a a kind of greenhouse where life can come back and new things can be released in in your name, Father. And as we go into our, our sort of business session now, we pray for grace, we pray for your love to be present in all that we do in your name. Amen.